One of the things that makes mixed martial arts so unique as a sport is the fact that a bout can end in a split second. One perfectly placed uppercut, one mistake that leads to a choke, and it's all over no matter how well a fighter was doing. The prospect of defeat is always present, even during a dominant performance. So with that in mind, today we're going to take a look at 10 bouts where a fighter was clearly on their way to a win on the scorecards, when in the late phases of the fight, catastrophe struck and forced them to suddenly pull their victory from the jaws of defeat, narrowly escaping what would have been a monumental comeback. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, and these are 10 late fight scares that nearly cost easy victories. Hey! Number 10. Frankie Edgar vs. Tyson Griffin if there's a hidden gem fight you need to go back and watch at lightweight, it is this. A debuting Frankie Edgar and, at the time, surging prospect Tyson Griffin throwing down on the UFC 67 prelims in a bout with an insane pace that was a bit of a glimpse of the future. Both fighters displayed well-rounded skills, and there was action from horn to horn. It would earn the fight of the night, even though Edgar would win soundly on the scorecards. I just don't think people had seen a lot of fights that looked like this. It sounded like Joe Rogan was trying DMT for the first time on commentary. He was so in awe of the frantic pace. With the win all but wrapped up with less than a minute in the third, all Edgar would need is for the clock to expire. He'd already won the decision before the third round would be scored, although two of three judges would give him that as well. The dissenting official for the final round probably did so because of what happened with 45 seconds left in the fight. Griffin would roll into a nasty knee bar and hold it until time expired. It looked really bad. I honestly don't know how Edgar didn't tap or got out of it without some serious damage, but he would dramatically wail on Tyson until the final horn, the desperation leg lock his only chance of winning. Frankie survived the storm, and went on to get the unanimous decision in a spectacular UFC debut. Number 9. Marina Rodriguez vs. Michelle Waterson don't sleep on crafty vets, they can end your night in a heartbeat. To the confusion of many fans, Marina Rodriguez and Michelle Waterson were the headliners for UFC Vegas 26 earlier this year after the original main event TJ Dillashaw and Corey Sandhagen had to drop out. The pairing was on such short notice, they did it at flyweight, the first such bout for both athletes. Rodriguez would enter as a fairly big favorite, and rightfully so. The first three rounds, while not the most exciting, were all her. Waterson could not secure the takedown and was getting outstruck time and time again. The fourth round would see the karate hottie have her first bit of real success, scoring a takedown and earning control time for the majority of the round, she was down big on the cards, and as DC put it, Marina was cruising towards a victory. Then there was a bit of a scare. Watterson landed a brutal kick right to the jaw that almost instantly made Rodriguez look like a baseball player with a pound of tobacco in her mouth. The blow would wobble her, and Michelle followed that up with a nasty kick to the body, again causing Marina to involuntarily stagger. But the Brazilian would recover enough to keep herself out of any real danger for the remainder of the round. The victory was Rodriguez's, but things were definitely looking dicey for a moment there. Number 8. Chris Weidman vs. Lyoto Machida the unbeaten middleweight champion Chris Weidman had a puzzle in front of him in the form of the dragon Lyoto Machida at UFC 175, but midway through the fourth round, he'd pretty much figured it out, outlanding and outworking his opponent in the first three rounds while avoiding the big shots. Weidman's takedowns would become more frequent, and he would end up in the third controlling about half the round, leaving the challenger a bit of a mess. With three rounds secured, Weidman pretty much had this one locked up on the cards if things continued to trend in the direction that they were, but around halfway through the fourth, Machida would land a series of big punches that seriously compromised the Champion. After three in quick succession, Weidman began retreating and appeared to be on shaky ground. We even got the classic he's hurt commentary by Joe Rogan. Weidman's hurt! Caught him! But Machida, hesitant to rush in and potentially get taken down, chose his shots, ultimately winning the round handedly, but not capitalizing on that 20 or so second sequence at the midway point of the round that looked as if he might be able to get the stop. Weidman would wake back up around a minute into the fifth and take the final round to get the UD on all three judges' cards, but a few more clean shots could have soured an otherwise fantastic middleweight title defense. Number 7. Daniel Cormier vs. Anderson Silva 
The human body is a funny thing, especially when you consider its reactions to a blow. Because we can say that fighters are tough or have a strong chin or can take punishment, but that is ultimately not up to their will. Sometimes reactions are involuntary, like the incapacitation of the thing all fighters fear, the liver shot. With that in mind, we head to UFC 200. After John Jones ruined the main event by failing a drug test, champion Daniel Cormier's consolation prize was a two days notice three round non-title bout with the legendary Anderson Silva. The spider was coming off his loss to Michael Bisbee earlier in the year. He would be fighting up a weight class and with no prep at all. And yeah, this one went just about how you would think. Literally two of the three rounds were control time for DC. He couldn't miss on his takedowns. This one was securely in the bag. Thank you for filling in during a shitty situation, Mr. Silva. None of us were expecting much. But then with around 30 seconds left in the bout, something unbelievable happened. Silva landed a clean kick to the body. Cormier tried to play it off, but he nearly doubled over. He was hurt and hurt bad. The champ immediately began retreating as Silva went in for the kill, but he got tied up before he could hit the body again, and DC held on to the spider for dear life against the cage until time expired. The cards would be 30-26s across the board, but Cormier would later reveal that he was so badly hurt, had he taken any other blows to the body, he was done. DC stood against the cage for a moment after the bout instead of celebrating. You could tell he realized he dodged a massive bullet. Number 6. Carla Esparza versus Alexa Grasso Ah, it's a tale as old as time. The wrestler versus the striker. We all know how it has to go. If it stays on the feet, the striker probably wins, and if the wrestler can keep it on the ground, they'll likely secure the victory. Carla Esparza, the wrestler, and Alexa Grasso, the striker, were top 10 strawweights heading into their showdown at UFC on ESPN Plus 17. And for the first two rounds on all three judges' scorecards, Esparza did what she does. She mostly avoided the big shots by Grasso and kept on securing takedowns and control time to win the rounds. Things were going smoothly. All she would need to do is survive the third, but about a minute in, a barrage from Alexa would completely change the complexion of the fight. Esparza was hurt badly, the wobbly legs staying with her for what felt like two whole minutes afterwards. Her eyes completely glazed over. Surprisingly, or perhaps worried about all the takedowns from the first two rounds, Grasso didn't really capitalize on the moment. She would create a second scare after Esparza got her legs back underneath her with a pretty nasty but brief armbar attempt. The two would slug it out to the horn, but ultimately the striker missed her chance. While one judge graciously gave her a 10-8, the other two weren't so kind a majority decision for the wrestler. Number 5. Alistair Overeem vs. Fabricio Verdum 3 there is never a safe moment at heavyweight. At UFC 213, it was number one ranked Fabricio Verdum, taking on number three, Alistair Overeem, in what would be their third encounter in a third promotion. The first was in Pride, where Verdum won via Kimura. The second, Strike Force, a UD win for the Ream. Heading into the third round of this bout, it looked like the outcome would be a repeat of the Strike Force fight. While not exactly a barn burner, Overeem had won the first and second rounds on all three cards with his sharp counters and methodical control of the cage. All you could honestly say of Verdum after two rounds is that he landed one really solid jab. Otherwise, Alistair was virtually untouched. That would all change, though, when two minutes into the final round, Vaikavala would drop the Demolition Man with a big knee that kept him wobbled badly for the next minute or so. Despite that, Verdum chose to try and finish the fight on the ground and was ultimately unsuccessful, instead giving Alistair enough time to recover and avoid any serious damage further. Reem lost the round, but it wasn't enough. One judge scored a 10-8, which was very generous, but ultimately the majority decision would go to Alistair, a few scary minutes, and an otherwise cakewalk of a fight. Number 4. Clay Collard vs. Anthony Pettis to successfully complete a huge upset, you have to win the fight. I know that sounds like some John Madden commentary right there, but the point I'm trying to make is that given the incredible talents of a fighter like Anthony Pettis, who at closing was as big as a minus 650 favorite in some sportsbooks against Clay Collard at PFL 1 earlier this year, even when he's getting his ass kicked, he can turn things around very quickly. The newly acquired Pettis was making his promotional debut, and this was seen as a bit of a gimme matchup. Collard's biggest claim to fame up to that point, going 1-3 in the UFC six years ago. After an impressive first-round 
showing where Clay would outland and outwork Showtime, he really turned up the heat, dropping Pettis twice in the second and nearly getting the finish. It was a stunning outcome. This wasn't supposed to go down like this. But here we were, four minutes into the third, with Collard ready to earn his unanimous decision victory. Not so fast. Showtime would land a massive head kick and follow that up with a flying knee to the face. I honestly have no idea how Clay managed to eat both of those in such rapid succession. Truly, Homer Simpson would be impressed. Pettis was unable to get the job done in the last minute, though, and the impressive upset win would go to Cassius Clay Collard. Number 3. Rashad Evans vs. Rampage Jackson it was one of the most popular seasons of The Ultimate Fighter, and in large part due to the heated rivalry between coaches Rashad Evans and Rampage Jackson. Their three-round main event bout at UFC 113 would be the rare non-title pay-per-view headliner to earn over a million pay-per-view buys. People were hyped for this one. Round one was all Rashad. He kicked things off with a massive shot that hurt Rampage, and then controlled the majority of the rest of the round against the cage and on the ground. Round two was more of the same. No huge blows, but control against the cage. There wasn't a single strike landed by Jackson in the first 10 minutes that felt like it mattered at all. This was becoming a runaway. The fans weren't happy because they were expecting a bloodbath after Tough, but what they were getting was domination in the form of control. A minute into the third, though, while shooting it on a takedown, Evans would get dropped by some devastating shots and put on his back with Jackson swarming, looking to finish. But be it his gas tank or Rashad's ability to get himself back to his feet, Page was unable to capitalize on the biggest moment of the entire fight. Still on shaky legs after getting up, Evans would regain control of the fight and finish the bout with some solid ground and pound, winning on all three cards easily. But he nearly lost it all in an instant, the kind of problem Rampage Jackson presents from the start of the fight to the last second. Number 2. Nate Diaz vs. Leon Edwards while marketed as a potentially fun fight, according to bookmakers, it really didn't seem as if Nate Diaz had any business in the cage with Leon Edwards at UFC 263. Nate's only had a single win in the last five years, while Leon's arguably earned a title fight several times over with his, at the time, eight-fight win streak. But to be fair to those betting lines, all the way up to the final minute of the fifth round, it would appear that Vegas was correct. Edwards looked as sharp as ever, taking it to the Stockton fighter in his signature methodical and well-rounded style, picking apart the fan favorite over time while avoiding any real trouble by the end Diaz was a bloody mess from some surgical cuts made courtesy of Leon's elbows. But in the final minute of the fifth round, in a fight Edwards had completely and easily locked up, because Nate Diaz is Nate Diaz, he would blast Rocky with a big shot that put him essentially out on his feet. To the dismay of nearly everyone but Edwards' own family, Nate was unable to finish the show out in that final desperate minute, which was spent at times attacking and at times taunting. But it was a spectacular scare, and one that would have changed the course of the entire division. Absolutely the highlight of the fight, and and just one more moment, fans will add to the legend of Nate Diaz. Number 1. Gilbert Melendez vs. Diego Sanchez when fans say their favorite fighter always has a puncher's chance, it's because they've seen fights like Diego Sanchez versus Gilbert Melendez at UFC 166. The bout was some really strange booking. El Nino was coming off his title loss debut, while Sanchez had seen better days. Now four years removed from his title fight with BJ Penn, and coming off a controversial split decision over Takagomi, where Diego missed weight. Vegas had this one as a blowout for Melendez, and for the first two rounds of it, they were absolutely right. The former Strikeforce champion seemed to beat Sanchez to the punch nearly every exchange. The nightmare was dropped in the first round and bleeding profusely from a big cut above the eye for the majority of the fight. From nearly the opening horn, Diego was trying to turn the fight into a brawl, and while Melendez would humor him from time to time in the first 10 minutes of the fight, he would always reset and get back to work. In the third round, however, he indulged that urge to just throw down quite a bit more, and as they say, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, Giblert caught a nasty uppercut that rolled his eyes back and dropped him. Seriously, he was out. This prompted Sanchez to pound 
bounce on a few submission attempts, but Melendez somehow got his feet back under him, and while there would be a few more wild exchanges, Gil would never be in any kind of trouble again. His performance was so dominant, one judge still managed to score the third round for him despite being knocked down. An easy win on the cards for El Nino, but he nearly lost it all in an instant. Huge shout out to Max Randall for editing this video together. Follow him on Twitter at Max underscore Randall. A big, big thank you to Ben Rosette, who provided that sweet tune you heard in the intro. Check out his music by clicking the link in the description and go give him a follow on his Instagram and Twitter page at Ben Rosette. Thanks for watching. Please give us a like and subscribe. We've got three new videos or more for you every single week. Let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below. Follow On Point MMA on Twitter and have yourself a wonderful day.